When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal, Andy Brad Bernard, Gelfand. And we'll be right back. Kick things off. Susan Smith-Jones, Dr. Susan Smith-Jones, the book Wired for High-Level Wellness, Simple Ways to Rejuvenate, Meditate, and Prosper. Susan Smith-Jones, Dr. Jones with us next with the family. Dougie Sprinthal. Ah! How about this? I, I know everybody has been texting me. It's been a month since you've been on the radio doing car commercials. We need to hear more car commercials. Mm. So for my mom, it's who true. was actually the one that sent that in, um, <laughs> just wanted to talk about um, Walzer Care, which comes with all new cars sold in Minnesota at a Walzer Automotive store and about 80% of our used cars. It is a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Uh, cover, it's major medical for your car. So if you have a catastrophic engine failure, transmission, so on and so forth, you are covered. Uh, the only catch is, is that you have to maintain your car to factory specs, which means if it says change your oil every 5,000 miles, Andy, how soon do you think you'd have to change your oil? 5,001 miles. Exactly. Um, you and you don't have to do it at Walzer leeway. store. Just keep records. So for more details and information, you can look up Walzer Care at Walzer.com. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We're rocking out, man. We are back. Let me know when Dr. Jones is ready to go. 
Dial her presently. Then would it be, since it's Susan Smith-Jones, would it be Dr. Smith-Jones or just Dr. Jones? I don't know. Probably Dr. Smith-Jones, if I had to guess. Dr. Smith-Jones? Unless her middle name is Smith, but that would be odd. Who knows? Probably should call her Susie, though. Yeah, there you go. Susan, looks like I'm losing. Just call her Hey Lady. I hear doctors love that. Yeah, Hey Lady. Exactly. Oh, Doug. This morning we were talking, we were schmoozing about this, that, and the other thing, and uh, the Walker brothers came up, and that when when I was a kid, I overplayed that part like you wouldn't believe. You remember that song? I you're gonna have to refresh my memory. Walker brothers had the song. Loneliness is the cloak you wear. Is this Tom? It is indeed. I'm singing to you, Susan. How are you? Indeed. We're just talking about the Indeed. Walker Brothers. You're, you're too young to remember the Walker Brothers, but they, the guy had a very deep singing voice. When I was 11, my voice dropped so I could sing that part. But I overplayed the role, Susan. I'm just telling you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What a great voice you do have. You should, well, do, you, you should do radio and podcasts. <laughs> I really should think about it some, someday. Now, is it Dr. S- Dr. Smith-Jones, it- Dr. Jones, Susan? What would you want to go Susan, by? Susan, I like Susan or Hey You. Hey You, Hey no, You. I wasn't actually far off. Hey, no, you weren't. Yes. Now, is that Andy? Yes, it is. It is. And where's Alex and Catherine? They're not here today, but Mr. Uh, Doug Sprinthal is here, and and Mr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Gelfand, a couple of legendary something. Something. Whoa, the the legendary guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. So, Gelfand, you don't Internally strike legendary. me as someone who does a lot of meditating. Oh, well, uh, it depends how you define meditating. If, uh, if fear and anxiety are, uh, are <laughs> definition, <laughs> then yes, they're a form. I, I do. Well, we might have so, to talk about that. because. That's so what, what do you think, Susan? So fear and anxiety. Well, look, let me start, start with this, Susan. Uh, I cannot sit down and watch an entire newscast anymore. It doesn't matter what it's on, whether it's local or national, whether it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC. I cannot watch a whole newscast because by the time the first 10 minutes are over, I am so riddled with anxiety and sadness, I can barely stand it. How do people handle this, Susan? Well, here's a little secret trick. Uh, don't sit down and watch. Maybe walk in place. Maybe move a little bit because you'll release those endorphins when you're moving. Right. And then the, what you see on TV won't be so sad anymore. I always tell people, walk your dog every day whether you have a dog or not. Right. Uh, yep. Our bodies were designed for movement and I would do some movement or, or even sitting on the couch and doing leg, leg extensions. The, the problem is if you go through your neighborhood, you know, pretending to walk the dog <laughs> like you're holding the leash, people will mistake you for a mime. Uh, yeah, That's true. You know, mm-hmm. Remember those invisible uh, yep, dogs? Yeah, the invisible on that dogs. Leash? Yep. Sure. Uh, well, I guess you guys are my age then. <laughs> <laughs> now, Susan, I should mention, but kind of a kind of coincidence. Uh, a couple of years ago, I started walking a lot. After about a half a mile, my brain just kicks in, and it feels so much better. That if I did have anxiety, it goes away. I now walk somewhere between seven and a half and twelve miles every day. Every day I walk, Susan. Really? Yep. Love that, it. That is fantastic. 
Well, uh, one of the reasons it reduces stress, and they did the study over it. I hate to mention it because I worked at UCLA for 30 years, but over at USC, and they took <laughs> none of you guys, but they took very stressed and anxious patients. They had them walk around the track only enough to get their heartbeats over 100 beats. So you don't have to walk that much faster to get to the 100-beat mark and found that one bout of walking, and it was on a level track, it wasn't upstairs, reduced the tension and anxiety in their bodies 20%. Yep. And the other group, the second group of patients, had no change after being given a tranquilizer. Ooh. So exercise is one of the best ways to reduce your stress. I love the Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, um, and he said, an early morning walk is a blessing for the entire day. And you get those, I call them happy hormones, going in the morning, and it helps you throughout the day. So you burn more calories throughout the day if you've gotten in a morning workout, and you're a happier person. You're more fun to be around. I don't think there's any question. Now, now I start work because I do a morning radio show as well, and it starts at uh, 5.30, so you have to be in the chair by 5 o'clock. I've been getting up at 3.30 in the morning and walking at least three miles before the show. I walk uh, from about, let's say, quarter to four till about quarter after five, five o'clock. On a treadmill or outside? Outside, inside, wherever I can. Not on a, well, very rarely on a treadmill. right? Uh, no, I turned some dark. lights on. I'm good. No, no, I no. Love it. no I mean, you guys are when crazy. you're outside, Mike, it's four o'clock. Oh, yeah. Well, in the summertime outside, yeah, you're right. It's dark in, in the summertime outside. It's true. Yep. yep. You're right. Yes. yes. Well, and do you do this alone or do you have a buddy to walk with? Nope. I do it alone because what I do, actually, what I do is I walk the first 45 minutes just walking and feeling better. And then I start doing show prep on my phone because, you know, finding out what the news of the day is. And by the way, while I'm walking, I don't get as as anxious reading the news as I do when I'm just sitting there. So that's good, too. Exactly my point. Really, I know you're inspiring people who say at 8 o'clock, oh, it's too early, I can't walk, and they hear what you do. (laughs) The bottom line is, and I'll sum it up with exercise, nothing will do more to make you vibrantly healthy than your regular fitness program. It unlocks your mental and physical stamina, gives your skin a youthful glow, and it puts wings under your confidence. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, who's not under stress these days from concerns about COVID to inflation to health and healing issues to lacking faith and confidence or feeling depressed to making ends meet each month to looking older and flabbier by the week to squabbles with family or employees, bosses, learning to manage stress is more important than ever before. I underlined one of the words in there, but I can't tell you which word it is, but everybody on the show knows which word it is because, boy, some people right now cannot... They cannot stop trying to annoy people. It's it's amazing. It is. Just the negativity of people. Yep. I choose not to be around people who are negative, if at all possible. You know, when, when they're family members, then that's a difficult thing. Well, you know, Mike Gelfand, who's on the phone with us now, he and I have always talked about the fact that the only time, you know, the people can be annoying is when they're being funny while they're being annoying. <laughs> so then it kind of works out in the end. Well, and, and incidentally, uh, I, I, uh, I walk through life alone. So um, 
don't know if that qualifies. It's like being on a treadmill. You don't you don't go yeah. anywhere, so you know it's very similar. It's very absolutely similar. true. And absolutely keep in true. mind that, but you're never alone. God's always with you, so you are never alone. You think you might be, and even though this isn't a topic for today, but you've got guardian angels watching over you. You're never alone. And if you want more friends in your life, you first need to be a friend. You want more peace, you need to live a more peaceful life. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole deal, living a peaceful life. is. There's been a lot of discussion about that lately, about, you know, People, their, their belief in God or belief in an afterlife or whatever the situation is. And everybody's criticized for everything. Look, as long as you don't use your religion to harm other people, God, that's great. I think it's, if it makes you feel better, that's wonderful. It's when they start using religion to punish you, I don't care for that. Oh, goodness gracious, exactly right. I know people that want to make you think and believe exactly the way you they do that's that's not good and that turns a lot of people off it does there's no question but now doug how are you feeling are you relaxed you know it's funny um and just so the doctor knows i i came down with covid this week and i'd had pretty strong reactions to the booster and then the second shot and it, and it was a similar deal. I was much sicker than I got from the booster reactions, but it's amazing how fast when it's over, it just, it was a six hours. I went from thinking I was dying to, oh. wow, I'm ready for pizza. So it's good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Probably your body's pretty healthy to begin with. And well, you got I'm the a uh, thrice-married right? used car salesman, guitar player, so I, I don't, I'm not known for my healthy lifestyle, but the kind well, of Well, that's say encouraging, that. though, that you got <laughs> over it so quickly. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it, it seems to be a matter of time before most people are going to get this variant. It, it does seems. seem that way. More people in the last two months that came down with it. My daughter, Tom, uh, as you know, is going her first year of college at the University of London. She got back to London, and two days later, she came down with COVID. Uh-oh. Talk about the oh, feeling well. of being a helpless parent. Yeah. You know, oh, your yeah. kid's yeah. 5,000 miles away. You just can't fly by with a bucket of soup. But she's recovered and doing well. Yeah. Well, good. That's great. You know, I would say this. Now, Susan, do you think if he had been a better father, she would have stayed here and gone to college? <laughs> Just oh, that, kidding. That's a deep question to, to consider. Um, but tell me, where is University of London? It's right in London. Oh, it's enough. over in London. You mean she left the country? Yeah, yeah. that London. Well, then it's, you it's might an amazing story. Consider she what was, kind of dad you've been. <laughs> Just well, three years ago, this kid was so shy that if we were driving together, she would say, "Hey, I want to get some potato chips," and I'd pull up to the you know, pump and go or whatever. And she'd say, um, I don't want to go in there by myself. Would you go get them? And she was that shy. And within three years, when she was time to pick college, she said, I want to go to London. Well, okay. I mean, I'm excited for her, but it's really hard to let go. That's part right. of the parenting, right? No. Did she know someone else there? Nope. Or did she go with someone else or go alone? Uh, well, she went initially she went there for the first week with her mom. Which I think was really good because she went through the whole freshman. And I think it's more of a, a, a girl thing than a guy thing. I mean, she was all stressed out and crying. And her mom wisely said, you know, every one of your f- friends, whether they're going to 
Stanford or the University of Wisconsin or Penn State are going through the same thing. You're just doing it in London rather than in the U.S. And within a week, she was fine. And it's, it's, I'm so excited for her. I think it's great. Aw. Well, cheers to her. And I'm, I happen to be really big on the U.K. I have a few businesses over there, and I got so tired of bed and breakfast in hotels that last year I got a little small cottage. They're, they're, you know, it's very small, but at least I feel like when I go over a few times a year, I can be in my own personal space and not in a hotel. I don't know. I where is, where is the cottage located, Doctor? It's in the middle of England. It's in the uh, Staffordshire Moorlands in the countryside. Mm. Did you ever see the movie uh, Pride and Prejudice with Kira yes. Knightley? So remember Mr. Darcy's big house? That's called Chatsworth House, and they actually filmed it there. That, that, that's what you saw in the movie. So my bed and I mean, my little cottage is about... 15 minutes away from that so it's you know it's mm. there I'm, I'm in brentwood in los angeles it's night and day different with farm animals and and you know beautiful greenery and a lot of rain so is that is that near coventry yes it is not okay. too not not too far yes Yes. Yeah, my family is from uh, Derby originally, on my dad's side. The other ones have been yes, here since. Yes, Derbyshire. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. A little town called a- Matlock Bath was where my grandfather grew up. Yes. Oh, that's be- and you've been there. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been there. I went there once on a really weird family reunion. Uh, apparently, <laughs> I hope this isn't boring, but I think it's kind of a cool story. No, tell me. A very unusual last name. And I get a uh, email from a guy in uh, 30 years ago, and he goes, uh, "I think we must be related." And I said, "Well, here, let me connect you with my dad, who's the family historian." And about 200 years ago, one of my forefathers' wife died, and he turned around and married her sister, which pissed off half of the family. Hmm. So there was a big Ooh. split between the Matlock Bath Sprintals, and then my uncle Sid. It turns out he grew up 25 miles away from where my grandfather was and never knew that that side of the family was there. Oh, wow. That is a quite amazing. Yeah, it was cool. And but the weird thing is, other than the sister. fact he was six or seven inches shorter than my dad, they looked like they could have been twins. Hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, I thought you guys were going to continue the conversation. Sorry, I feel no. bad for hijacking the entire segment. No, 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 not, not at all. Hey, this Thursday, Doug, don't forget that. No, basically all we're talking about is trying to trying to get out from under the stress of everyday life and everybody. You know, I, Dr., to tell you the truth, I, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I've tried both parties. I don't like being on the far edges of, of, of any political thing. Um, I'm pretty much a centrist now and just wish everybody would just understand I don't have to believe everything you believe in order to live. Can they just calm down? Yeah, isn't that the truth? Uh, and I, I feel exactly the way you do. I'm right there in the middle. I, I have some Republican feelings within me and I have some Democrat yeah. within me. Yep. And I can't stand the fighting. Who, who was it? Um, Mark 
Twain said, if you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. And I think <laughs> he was right. absolutely right. <laughs> he was. You're absolutely right about that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the book is called Wired for High-Level Wellness, Simple Ways to Rejuvenate, Meditate, and Prosper. Dr. Susan Smith-Jones. I know those names are hard to remember. Susan Smith-Jones, very difficult to remember. I know. And get this, I'm not married, but if I ever choose to get married, I think I'll have his last name Brown, and then I'll have four of America's most common names. Susan Smith-Jones Brown. I like it. It works for me. Doctor, thank you for your time today. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Dr. Jones told Galfano. Yep. What do you think? Uh, she sounded, uh, you know, very spiritual and yet very wealthy at the same time. <laughs> well, she had a wealthy right. tone to her voice. She kind of it did. It can be done. She? It can be done. It can be done. I, I You know... And God bless her. Like I said, I don't. I don't. Unless people use their religious beliefs to harm other people, fine. Right. You just do it to be happy. I'm happy for you. Yeah. You know. It just. I mean, you. You know, God and angels and all that stuff. That's great. Again, as long as, as long as I don't have to believe exactly what you believe, or you judge me because I don't believe it, then I guess we're okay, right? I the was guy, a little concerned when I know she. Pretty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I was going to say, I was a little concerned when she, when she asked where the University of London was located. Well, yeah, kind of on the name, How do you right? answer that? Well, I was going to ask you guys, because I don't, where is the University of Minnesota? Thank you very much. Great to be here. Anyway. It's everywhere. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's like everywhere, God. baby. I just want to get that, get that in there, yeah. No, you know, I had I a guy, uh, a, a guy who, who I know very well, nice guy, and uh, Tom, you know, you know this person. And uh, a while back, it wasn't that long ago, he, uh, kind of out of the blue, uh, Christmas was coming up, he said, you know, I, I really feel sorry for you, Mike, you know, I just feel so bad for you. And I said, well, you know, it makes two of us, but uh, what are you referring to? <laughs> and uh, he said, well, you know, uh, you know you're Jewish, and uh, so, uh, so basically, you know, you have no place to go when you die. And uh, oh, you know, I just wish you knew how satisfying and gratifying it is to know that when you die, you know, you have a spiritual afterlife. And, yeah, I, I haven't talked to him that much. Since. Really? That's hard. You really backed off? I thought yeah, Jews I went don't... to Sheol when they died. Yeah, there you go. I just exactly. don't understand why it is. First of all, I don't know. Understand how it is that you can believe that you get to go to heaven and other people I don't. Know. I know. I it's don't like, get what? that either. I don't. Why? You know, Elfand. I don't think you've killed anyone that I know of, anyway. Well, not uh, recently. I think you, not recently. I think you should be able to get in. I mean, it's just my opinion. Yeah, I. You know, I. I feel like most of my crimes have been minor misdemeanors. I you just know, no felonies. That, that should count for right. something, right? I just literally, it's the only time I've ever wished I'd die before somebody else. I wish I would die first if there is a heaven, and then I'd be up in heaven. And then when you came to heaven, I'd look at God and go, oh, good night, noise, it's a Jew. What do you think? <laughs> it works. It works. That was an old, that was Archie Bunker, wasn't it? Oh, good night, noise, he's marrying a Jew. Yeah, that's <laughs> Sammy like, Davis Jr. <laughs> One of the great lines in history. We have to take a break. 
Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go into that one because no, I, I love it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, classic, classic stuff. And I, when I, when I actually do exercise a lot in the middle of winter, I have a, I have this this little TV in the back room, which is the exercise room, and I have a recumbent exercise bike. And the great thing is, I, I the TV is not hooked up to cable mm-hmm. or satellite, so I get these weird UHF stations. Like one oh, of yeah. them. Yep. One of them seems to run the same uh, the, the same Cary Grant movie every night at eight o'clock. I don't understand that. <laughs> it must be like a placeholder or something, you know. Is that is Mike? And, is that like uh, channel nine point six? It was something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's uh, but I, but I I get to watch some you know some just some brilliant stuff, and it it is very actually it's very soothing uh, because there's no news. Oh, that's true. Exactly. That would be soothing. I, I would appreciate that immensely. Got to be honest with you. I'd love that. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, so I'm, I'm tempted, you know, but there's no, nothing to do there. So I wind up watching like, uh, I wind up watching like, you know, 20 year old, uh, game shows. Yeah. Well, see, I, I would do that. I absolutely would watch 20 year old game shows. I'd love that. And you know, you learn a lot about people. And culture gaps from watching that. So uh, there was, I was watching uh, a game show, and uh, the question was, the question was, uh, it was, it was, it must have been the, uh, what, what show was? It? I don't know. But anyway, the question it was Family Feud. That's what it was. Oh, there Family you go. Feud. And there's, th- that's a great show to watch if you're anxious because it's so stupid that uh, you can't really feel bad about anything. You feel better about yourself, but, but well, uh, it was, it was really, it was really very touching because. Um, they they asked this guy. He was he was from Watts, and um, nice guy. And 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 the question was, um, how much money do you think you will need uh, to uh, be able to retire comfortably? And his answer was a hundred dollars. A hundred. He's pretty good spender. Yeah. Yeah, that's very that's frugal. Fantastic. Was he six? <laughs> was uh, <laughs> I think he was a guy who did not have a hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, here we go. We're gonna go make a make a hundred dollars right now. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes <laughs> with Mike and Doug and Andy up next. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Tom here, and I really love my pillow. And now they're offering my pillow towels, 100% USA cotton. 
you get two bath, two hand, and two washcloths, 60-day money-back guarantee, and right now my pillow towels, originally priced $109.99, now a flash sale, $39.99 with promo code KQRS. This amazing deal is yours by going to the radio listener specials at MyPillow.com. Enter promo code KQRS. That's MyPillow.com, promo code KQRS. That's Doug's heart beating because he's got COVID right there. Rapid beat. Is that beat. one of the symptoms? What's happening, Pally? Doug, you, saw, you sound like you're feeling pretty good, Dougie. Doug's not back. He has to unmute himself. How about Galfano? I'm Mike here. Gal- I just had it on mute for a second. Sorry. There he is. What are you, laying down a bunt? What are you doing? No, I was coughing. Sorry. Oh, big baby. Why don't you suck it up for Christ? Why don't you suck it up for Christ? Be a man. Hey, I'm on the air with you. <laughs> well, that's true. That's a good point. You're you're risking your well-being by being on the air with me, no doubt about that. And what's left of my reputation. Yeah, well, exactly. So what else is happening in the world? Everything good? Yeah, actually, uh, the the software, the automotive software company business is it's really it's probably why I got COVID because I've been traveling a lot lately. Wow, that's true. Yeah, but yep. it's cool that that part of the business is starting to take off. It's, it's been fun. No, I, seriously, I, why didn't they get an expert? Why did they go with you? Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I work cheap. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's your answer. It seems to be well, the answer I for a lot cheap, of things though. lately. Yeah. Oh, you got that right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind so of interesting. I have a COVID-related story that I think is interesting. Sarah and I are planning to go to Mexico in the middle of February. And, you know, when you travel, apparently when you get COVID, the PCR tests are super sensitive. And so even if you've had it, yep. you can report positive for some time. And I thought, oh, crap, this is perfect. Now we can't go to Mexico. But I checked. Um, guess what restrictions Mexico has for people coming into the country? At this point, isn't it none? That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they just so the worst them all thing that'll happen is that we'll get stuck in the Caribbean, and because we test positive and can't get Ooh. back into the U.S., so you know the well, one the bad. one country you don't the one country you don't want to go to is Hong Kong. Right. Well, they're very sensitive there. I don't know if you saw the story. But uh, a new edict came down in Hong Kong that uh, more than uh, more than a thousand hamsters oh, yeah. are going to be yes. euthanized. Yeah, <laughs> because of the because one guy in a pet store tested positive. I know, it doesn't so make they're any killing sense. all the hamsters. Well, it reminds me of in the very beginning they killed like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of mink because they thought yeah, the mink, mink yeah. might have had it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very and weird. And the thing is, like. I, I can think of only one way that a human being can get a disease from a hamster, yeah. and I don't think we want to talk about that. Ah, suitcase? Is that what we're talking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about, absolutely. Richard Gere syndrome, that poor bastard, he's never going to live that down. No. No. No, it's never going to happen, you're right. Yeah, what the hell, he had coming, didn't he? Well, we don't even know if it's true or not. Probably not. Do you think that's even true? I don't know. I doubt it. I don't know anything yeah, about Richard Gere, but... I, I mean, think it's an urban myth. I think it must be. Yeah. Probably. probably One of those things. All the good stuff tends to be. That is true. Yeah. 
All the stuff you want to believe is an urban myth. That's the, that is a problem, man. I want to believe it, but I can't. Oh, God, it's just anytime not true. there's like a really like interesting, intriguing story behind a song, it's always fake. Yeah. Yeah. Like the scream and uh, wipeout, is it, I think? They say that they say oh, that um, like they were murdering a woman in the other room, and you can hear it on the track. It's like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Andy, are you reading come the eighth on. grade news again? Well, it's this, this one of the things that went around when I was in school. It's like, oh, you know, you can hear a woman being murdered. It's like, yeah. Oh, well, you know what okay, song? That's roller coaster. This. Yes, roller coaster. It's roller coasters. That's that song. Yeah. Well, it's like what, there's a screen. what were they like? Oh, we got to murder this woman, but keep a session going. We 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 only booked this place for ten more minutes. Yeah, well, there was and that. Not... There was that scream and wipeout too. There was, yeah, and... yep, at right. the beginning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the beginning, there was indeed, but uh, yeah, I, I I do love that because people never scream on a roller coaster. Of no. course, that never happens. I just you know, people are so I I got to ask this question. It's for the three of you and no one else. Well, maybe our listeners too. But I just are people getting dumber by the minute? Oh, no question. They are, aren't they, Mike? I, people are getting dumber by the minute now. What in the hell happened? We were making well, what what happened is that we are now in the age of unenlightenment. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to put the, it. The, yeah, the age of enlightenment is long gone. That was the age when people actually were kind of into reading and, right. and science. No, no more. No. But why do they, why? Why would you want to not? Why do you desire to not know anything? My God, these people know nothing. I mean, they say necessity is the mother of invention, but it's also kind of the mother of learning. So if you don't need mm-hmm. to learn, people aren't going to learn. Everything's why? done well, for also, them. Also, you know, learning the truth gets in the way of your bigotry. That is very true. Well, <laughs> it is. You know, it's funny you, you put it that way because I was just thinking when I was a kid, I read a lot about, you know, uh, of course, American culture, the uh, culture of Spanish Americans, Black Americans. I grew up with Jews. Learned about uh, you know all the tenets and, and ideas. I was very curious about other people. I, I, why aren't they? So people are just not curious about others anymore. They just don't care. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. But people are. And, and more and more, what you're going to see is you're going to see people uh, basically segregating themselves, so that so that basically you're just going to have cluster. It's like it's like they're going to be diasporas of thought, right? And you know maybe like you know maybe uh, maybe most of the liberals will want to will want to move to California, and the right wingers are all going to want to be in Louisiana. I can tell you who gets the better one there, but. Um, Either way, yeah, Louisiana you know, is pretty not, nice. But it's kind of like anti-American, you know, because yes, it that's is. Not, that wasn't the whole idea behind democracy. Nope. I just, I don't, I really don't. Andy, Doug, what, what do you think? Why do people want to be so angry, uncomfortable, so disagreeable? You have to believe what I believe or I hate you. I mean, I got better things to hate than that. It's always been the way. You just didn't know it. Oh God! I it's think much Andy's worse right. I, you know, it, I, I think it really comes down to a feeling that you don't have any control over your life, mm-hmm. which yeah. is probably a pretty miserable way to feel. But when you put the magnifying glass of able, being able to communicate with other people that don't feel like they have any control, yep, it's the, the recipe is not good. 
Yeah, well, but you're handing it over to these people. I mean, my God, they're changing this world completely. I swear to God, some of these things we're doing in America right now, it's like, would you get that idea from Hitler? Jesus. Well, if you think about it, we had someone on about cults yesterday. And if you think about it, cults like where people would actually go to a commune and live in a cult were a lot more popular up until the age of social media because yeah, they're not right, necessary true. anymore because now right. social true. media is yeah. the cult. It's a good point. Luckily, you took and off your mother. social media brings people together uh, who never would have found each exactly. other. Exactly. It gives and, them that sense you know, of belonging even though it's based in insanity. Well, also it means that, you know, like serial killers can now cluster. They have a place yeah. to go to. Great. The serial Perfect. killer subreddit. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to shift gears and try to do something positive and interesting. I learned something new about Martin Luther King a couple of days ago. Do you know that his Do you know what his uh, real name was when he was born? Yes, sir. Mike. Michael King. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I never knew that before, and it doesn't have quite the same allure no, no. as Martin Luther King. And uh, the reason that his name was changed, his father was a preacher as well, and when. Uh, Mike King turned five. Uh, his dad changed his own name and Martin Luther King's name because he was such a fan of oh. the great Protestant leader. Uh, yep, it's true. So it wasn't Martin MLK Luther. Jr. who changed his name. It was his dad. His dad. Yeah, did. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. When Jr. was five. I thought that was interesting. And it really, Martin Luther King has so much more gravity than the, the Reverend Mike King. Mm-hmm. No, if he if he'd stuck with Mike King, he probably would have wound up being an insurance salesman. Yeah, or a nice Jewish boy dentist that I know named Michael King. Oh, well, there you go. Not that there isn't value to an annuity. No, no, no. Well, I, oh, I, I guess I could argue the point, but yes, <laughs> I did used to work for a life insurance company. You know. That's true. My, my dad actually did too when he uh, got his he got he, he got an undergree to grad at Brown and Poli Sci and he tried to sell insurance for about 2 years and he was so shitty at it he went to Harvard instead. <laughs> Man, what the hell? Insurance salesman to Harvard. There's a common uh, switch, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, it worked well, out for him. Yeah. Look at Joe Friedberg who uh worked his way through uh, law school by selling uh encyclopedias. And when he finally graduated from law school, he uh, he didn't want to stop selling encyclopedias because he loved it so much. Yeah, really. Yeah, I and it was one of the reasons that I think it's one of the reasons why he's such a great bright, lawyer. Sorry, you know? go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say it's one reason why he turned out to be such a great lawyer, because you know, as as a, as a criminal defense lawyer, it's pretty much all about selling something that people don't want. That is true. Yeah, true. Yep, that's right. No, that's absolutely true, but I, we I had a guy forward. working for me years ago who put himself through St. Thomas in the early 60s selling Bibles door to door. And I asked him about that and he goes, "Well, you know, they were really expensive and so they'd balk about the price and the first thing we tell them is there's a disciple program where it's only $10 a month." And if they said it was mm-hmm. still too much, this was his clothes and he goes, well, Mrs. Keller across the street said you'd probably say that, but I thought I'd, I'd just want to hear it directly from you. And half the Oops. time they'd go, that bitch, I'll take the Bible. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. That's really, well, remember the great scene, uh, Reverend Jim on, uh, what the hell show was that again? Where Taxi? he comes and he goes, I'd like to show you the new vacuum cleaner that we've got available. 
And he goes and digs a bunch of ashes out of the guy's fireplace and puts them all over the white carpeting. Don't worry about it. This vacuum cleaner's amazing. It'll clean it right up. And he goes over. There's this huge pile of black ash in the white carpet, opens up his suitcase, and there's an encyclopedia in there. And he goes, that's right. I didn't get the vacuum cleaner job. <laughs> it sounds like Christopher Lloyd. It was it Christopher does. Lloyd. What, the, what show is that again? Uh, taxi. Was, was it Taxi? It was Taxi, yeah. 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 That's right. I didn't get the vacuum cleaner job. <laughs> well, you know, Brilliant. Joe Freeberg's his, his famous gambit, the one he talks about a lot, or used to at least, was when he was selling encyclopedias. He he just he just had such a craving to sell encyclopedias. He it just you know I guess it fueled his endorphins. So like he'd drive into a, a city to work that city, and he'd get there maybe ten o'clock at night. He didn't want to stop selling though. He wanted to just sell one more set of encyclopedias. So he'd he'd go down a you know any street, any typical neighborhood street, until he found some lights on. And uh, and so, you know, he'd ring the doorbell. That was in the day when people would not call the police. When you rang the doorbell, they'd actually answer it long ago. So Yes, exactly. He'd say, he'd, the guy would answer, and he'd say, oh, he said, you know, I, I saw you were up, and I, I just I wanted to come by and apologize for what my associate did last week. It was it was just horrible. And, you know, we, 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 uh, we sell encyclopedias. We don't condone that kind of thing. And the guy said, what are you talking about? He said, well, well, I, I just heard that there was a complaint. And, and then he'd, he'd say, like, well, this is 2114 uh, Raleigh Avenue, isn't it? And the guy would say, no, no, this is 2114 uh, Sheridan. He'd say, oh, oh, my God, I'm at the wrong house. I'm so sorry to, to bother you at this hour. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. To make it up to you, I'm going to sell you a set of encyclopedias at a 50% discount. No. <laughs> God, that's terrible. <laughs> terrible, but it worked. I think it's awesome. You know what's kind of amazing when you think about it? The average person, and maybe even Andy, is going, first of all, what the hell's an encyclopedia? And secondly, what do you mean you sell them door to door? We had the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica set when I was a kid, I remember. Yeah, we did. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, well, when I first great. started dating Sarah, her, mm-hmm. her mom was a, li- a Dakota County librarian. And then we get married, and she goes, hey, I've got a set of world books that I don't need anymore. Would you want them? And I didn't want to piss off my new mother-in-law right away and say, what the hell am I going to do with these? So I took them. And after a couple of years, it's like, what am I going to do with these? I put them on Craigslist for free. I had more people wanting that set of encyclopedias. I was just stunned. And this was probably, I don't know, nine years ago. It was weird. Well, they do look nice up on the book rack. That is true. They look really nice up there, so, you know. All 900 pounds of them. Mm, oh, God, they were yeah. They're heavy, yes. A lot of books. Whatever happened no. to all those encyclopedias? Did we just get rid of them? Um, I think Mom did donate. She donated them to a school or something. Mm. Something like that, anyway. I'm not really sure what. Nobody tells me anything. You know that. That's true. It's all true. I never, I never get a clear understanding of what the hell's going on in life. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so what else? Anything else of great import? Hmm. Oh, I saw something really weird last night on TV. I'm not quite sure of the name, but I think Ken Jennings may be the biggest media whore ever suddenly. Could be. It's a CBS show, and I think it's called The Chaser. It's basically a game show 
where uh, a contestant has to they get a head start against Ken Jennings, and the right. bet is dependent on how big the head start is. And he sits in this armchair about 30 feet above the, the contestant, sort of right. looking down at them. And they refer to him as the professor. It's just the most horrible thing ever. It sounds like an well, unironic version of Win Ben Stein's money. Well, at no, least, it's at least that was funny, though. Mm-hmm. It's actually a British show, and there's a guy, this gigantic man, and he was called, he had a nickname I can't remember. Oh. But that show, The Chase, started in England, and this big giant guy was very very smart guy. It's just a rip off of that show, or maybe they maybe they bought the rights to it or something. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't spend ten minutes of your life watching it. Sorry, and I like Ken Jennings. No. I think he's a he's a pretty clever guy. I think he fit the whole Jeopardy deal pretty well. Yeah, he did. I, I don't really care for him much as the host, though. He's okay. I mean, I just I, I thought Alex Trebek did a great job in that show. You know. Well, they both had that same air. That okay, I'm surprised the contestants didn't know this answer. <laughs> I love that. Alex, you've got them written down in front of you. Stop acting so smart. That's true. Oh, that's kind of negative for my buddy Alex Trebek. Well, let's see him go one-on-one against Ken Jennings or a couple of those other. I've been watching this. Uh, I think it's the first woman that's cracked a million dollars, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah she won, what, like uh, 20, 28, And I think the first or... trans contestant on, on, on in the history of Jeopardy as well. So she's uh, just really blindingly smart. Yeah, she's very, very smart. There's no question about that. She just, uh, I don't know. What, what are you going to do? We have to take a break. I know that. We'll be back. Car selling secrets. Are you going to do car selling secrets? I have to. I've been getting a uh, uh, letter, a fan letter, <laughs> saying, well, I missed the show. And so there's one person out there that missed it. So, yes, we will do CSS <laughs> shortly. All right. We'll be right back. It's number minutes. 117, by the way. Excellent. Ooh, very good. All right. 